0: Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit and Wealth 360, my joint venture with my good friend and financial expert, Michael McFiner. What's happening, Michael? Not too much. Uh,
1: welcome back from Thanksgiving.
0: Thank you. Yeah, we headed down to uh, Arizona, beautiful Arizona. It's a destination for a lot of Coloradoans this time of year, and uh, went down there with the family. What'd you do? You were in Florida? Oh, you're I
1: actually was in Florida but then I came back and just kind of spent Thanksgiving at home kids came in from you know Washington and New York and my mother came up and a few other things so kind of kind of quiet yeah I thought
0: mm-hmm. I remembered seeing your pictures of uh, your beloved partner uh, Apollo in the water somewhere yeah, Apollo
1: loves water mud anything wet he, he wouldn't come in last night in a rainstorm so it was it was pleasant.
0: I can't wait till we do the podcast on Apollo Enneagram 7, the enthusiast, uh, not the enthusiast, the, uh, yeah, the enthusiast. Yeah. So, but not today.
1: That's not not our talk. Not today. We have almost the opposite of Apollo today, right?
0: Almost the opposite of Apollo. Anybody joining us? We are marching through week by week, the Enneagram from number one all the way around the Enneagram to number nine. Um, And we started, well, four weeks ago because now we're on Enneagram 4. And Enneagram 4 is called Many Things in Different Systems. I'm pulling it up for anybody watching on YouTube, but um, you don't have to certainly be looking. You can also just be listening and we'll describe to you the individualist, sometimes called the romantic, um, maybe the creative. And you can learn more about that on this week's podcast in general because every week I'm doing the Enneagram type in general. And then Michael and I are jumping on our podcast to talk about it through the lens of money, wealth, and investing. And in this case, it's the alternative investor. So probably not the most likely investor, probably not the most interested in money, but certainly um, many Enneagram 4s have left their mark on society in a big way, not the least of which is financially. So maybe we'll, we'll talk through some of the basics of Enneagram for the alternative investor. So who comes to mind when we talk about Enneagram 4, Michael?
1: Well, as you mentioned, I mean, are we talking about investors? But I guess the most interesting one of late, or two most interesting, are Kane Charles and Kanye West, right? Wow. Who, for different reasons, um, are sort of for investors. So uh both of them I still think of obviously Prince
0: Charles but now you're right it's King Charles King, it says yeah. right there King Charles um yes they are they are one of a kind especially Kanye or now known as Ye
1: is it Ye or Ye? or
0: I just assuming it was Ye cuz it's Kanye but maybe it's Ye. I, I, I don't I, you're know. Right. I
1: just I, I can't you know I'll
0: go with you. it's kind of the point because fours are listen to my previous podcast on fours in general but fours are the originals, right? And there's just this originality to them. And you can just see it in Kanye West. And now now even Kanye is not an original enough name. Now it's just Ye. And they're, they're the most enigmatic of all Enneagram types. And I think that's probably true as well as it translates to investing.
1: I think it's very true. I, I do remember when King Charles was Prince Charles. Like two probably. weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. But probably about 30 years ago, it could be longer, and I'm dating myself, I know, but he was into organic farming really early on some of his estates, and people used to criticize him as a ridiculous venture, that he was way out there, this was stupid, who was going to eat organic food? And 30 years later, I remember listening to him saying that his actual most profitable venture right now are his is his farms or his land that's producing organic crops but he was so far ahead of himself i mean 30 years ago he really weren't thinking organic and he he was way ahead of that in a sense so in a way i I like to and i don't know if i'm right about this and i use you but they are trendsetters in a way or they're they're few they're ahead of the times in so many ways so yeah
0: fours are just so hard to pin down you know Let's um, come back to that. Let's jump over to this slide here. We have a whole program for anybody interested. It's not quite ready for publication, but um, certainly making its way there as we kind of evolve it. And if if you're looking, you'll see for yourself. If not, I'll read it to you. We've kind of come up with three tiers of investors, sort of a tier one. We're c- calling them, at least for now, energized investors, the most motivated investors. Tier two, you know, average, can take it or leave it. Tier three are passive investors. And So fours fall into this latter tier. Um, They're not that motivated by money. They're not that motivated by, you know, finance. However, they're motivated by creativity and originality. And that's what you're talking about, Michael, is that that creativity, that originality sometimes makes them into natural entrepreneurs. Right. Because they're looking for that what's different.
1: I think that's yeah they are I think of them as differentiators every they they're looking at a way to either improve things or to make things different or they're looking at it at a different angle
0: yeah they are originals and so they tend towards an originality now that see, I put down here in these kind of fun little um ribbons that you know each type is getting I'll just read through them the lowest earner now is that true It depends on the four, depends on their, you know, how healthy they are, depends on their profession. But by and large, I think it is true just because they're the least motivated by money. But when they hit it big, look at this far right one over here, I'll read it for you. It says the most likely to be a millionaire from selling their art because they can be a starving artist on one hand, or they can be a multi-mega billionaire like, uh, you know, Michael Jackson before he died um, because of their artwork. So it's just really hard to pin them down. But it is true. They're not motivated by money, even if they do make money. They don't gravitate towards professions uh, typically that are high money, you know, that we associate with high earning. They they don't really strive towards being, you know, in a corporate setting, which you'll find higher earners. Um, I put <coughs> down here for, you know, all your fours listening, you'll resonate. My wife's the four. Most in need of a financial advisor. She'd be the first to tell you that's probably true.
1: I think they're probably most... I suspect as a tier three, they're the most hands-off, like you said, passive investors. And that's why they, you know, it's helpful to have a financial advisor for someone who's a little more hands-off. Yeah, we ranked them in our system
0: um, number nine out of nine. It doesn't again mean that they don't make money or can't invest money. It just uh, factors in a lot of different things, not the least of which is that motivation. And when I think of fours enneagram for the um the alternative investor i think of people who are much more interested in meaning than money and yet money makes the world go round, right so you need money in some ways to pursue your meaning and i think that that's what can bring them to the financial table is how money becomes a means to living a life of meaning and so they go hand in glove it's just that that's the order it comes in meaning and then money
1: Well, I think you um, also hit on a really good point Uh, when you created this is that from the budgeting and savings perspective, they're probably the most unlikely to use budgets and to maybe keep to a budget in a system financially, that's important to understand.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna gonna zoom out so people can see us. Um, Yeah, let's talk about why that might be. Um, Being married to a four, I can tell you they don't like budgets. And it's not that they can't budget. It's not that, you know, fours may be as intellectual as anybody, but um, that originality piece drives so much of what a four is about. And budgets are ordinary. They're mundane. They're by definition, the most ordinary thing you can
1: think of. Uh, I I feel so ordinary now as a CPA. (laughs) You know, that was a compliment, wasn't it? How ordinary! I, in a in a great way. No, I I understand, but it I is. I don't want money. my
0: I don't want my um, my CPA or my financial planner to be an eccentric. Yeah, I, I want oh, them man. to be kind of within the straight and narrow. I don't want c- too much creativity
1: when it comes yeah. to my money. Yeah, I won't be painting any portrait. I won't be painting after this or playing a piano, you know, concerto. So, there's there's something about that though because
0: you know there. Is, look, first of all, all fours are not artists, um, but many, if not most, artists are fours. And every four I meet, whether or not they're an artist, has this artistic spirit. Even if I say artistic spirit, the fours who are listening right now probably perked up because you know all their hands go up and say, "Ooh, ooh, ooh I want an artistic spirit." And threes, you know, like, eh, maybe, maybe not, but fours unequivocally, even though they're both next door neighbors on the Enneagram, I can't think of two almost more diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. types than three and four.
1: I think the the interesting thing about, yeah, three and four, just four, is that you know a four when you see one, Mm -hmm. too. Unlike some of the other Enneagram types, which are really hard to discern, I seem to understand fours better or can at least identify maybe what a four is better than I can other things. I don't know if there's a reason for that, Be
0: Well, let's come back to our slide here. I mean, when you look at some of the famous fours, individualists, alternative investors, you know, you have people like um, Lady Gaga, right? Like she's like an unmistakable personality. Every time you see her, there's flair. I mean, it was... Did you see that movie she was in? Um, Just blanked on the name of it. She was a singer.
1: Great movie. Yeah, Yeah, you mean um, with Bradley Cooper? Yeah, yeah. It came out like a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's like the fourth. Of course, we can't name it. (laughs) Robert Streisand and Christopher Christopher.
0: Yeah, it's the remake of that. People are going to chime in
1: here. You you wonder why I'm not a four. I can't remember. but But great movie it was shocking to
0: see her without costume without makeup without flair and there was like this ordinariness to her that almost it was like hard to register because that's not how we think of lady gaga johnny depp you know you see him going into the courtroom last year and there's just flair about even in a courtroom where most people try and get rid of the flair like wear your nice suit and like look mainstream and even he couldn't do it if he tried you know, these these people, the George Michael, right? Just is known for this kind of unmistakability. Right. And so yeah, boars are really unmistakable, even the ones that aren't mega stars.
1: A star is born.
0: A star is born. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so so there's this creative spirit yeah. that just makes them unmistakable. They also like to um dress. You know, sort of in a four-ish way, where they're unmistakable, um, they're recognizable, and so yes, you're right. They're they're relatively easy to spot, and yet they're very hard to pin down as to what what drives them. Or I I, I guess I, I would turn to you. You know, tell me, think of a maybe a four investor that you have, and maybe describe some of the way they approach their finances and money.
1: No, I, I have a few for investors, and like you said, they are not concerned about the financial process. They may have goals within the process to make sure they're secure or that they have some sort of target that they're looking to meet or you know, a goal. It could be retirement. It could be make sure there's sufficient funds for living, but the goal certainly isn't wealth accumulation as a primary need, and usually they're doing it almost kind of like a two does for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have, I have a client who is an excellent chess player, for example, who I think is probably a four, and he's just concerned about playing chess. That's the reason for his money, right? To to, to do that, he has a flair to him. He's probably partially a five-two because of his you know deep thinking, but I think there's a, a four in it. But I think you're right. They generally aren't focused on the money. It's it's a means to an end not an end in itself.
0: So if you look at this slide and and get anybody listening, I'll tell you what's going on here. But the four and the five are at the bottom of the Enneagram because it's a complex, the bottom of the Enneagram is a little more complex, a little, you know, darker, more introverted, more, you know, fours go into deep emotion, fives go into deep thinking. And that's really where they hang out. They live. Fours just live in this deep, sophisticated, emotional place. And so all the stuff on the surface is necessary same with the fives it's necessary but for fives it's a way for them to keep thinking for fours it's a way for them to keep feeling and they'll play the game they'll do the money they'll you know, whatever it takes so that they can keep going into their real love which is the passion of the of the the emotional world for fours so yeah you got to you got to have money you got to you got to live and so they'll the but money is a means is that's the point it's not necessarily an end in itself unlike threes unlike it's much more of an end into itself
1: no it, it is a bit it is a big difference and i've learned that from you and trying to communicate better with my fours especially that it, it isn't about the money you know it's the uses of the money so it, it's such an important distinction
0: and for anybody listening I, I say this maybe now every podcast but i think it's important to say every podcast why the enneagram you know Myers Briggs is great, and Strength Finders is great, and uh, DISC is great. Those deal, in my experience, with more of the how or what do I do, and the Enneagram is really about why we do what we do. And so once we can know why we do what we do, they, on the surface it might look the same. A four investor in some ways may look like a a five investor or a one investor, but the why, the motivation, is very different. And I and I think. You know, Michael, I think that's what's so great about what you're using the Enneagram for is that way you can understand what's motivating the four and speak to that and help them kind of get in touch with it. Because I don't think most fours know what's motivating them.
1: I, I would suspect that most people don't know what's motivating them when it comes to this. And that's why you've done such a magnificent job with this system, because it helps identify some core beliefs, some core fear and some core motivation, which does make a difference in how how one approaches these these topics and, and so if you
0: you know get into the why as i you know always quote dr victor frankel at some point in our talk um who said those who have a why to live for can bear almost any how when you know your why right then you can deal with the hows and the hows are you know the mundane stuff that fours don't really want to deal with so, the why of, of a four and why they need to look at their finances. Ariela, my wife and I, the four, have this conversation all the time. She's not interested in the money, but she is interested in having enough money to allow her to pursue her her passion, her, her soul's calling, as she would say it. And so that has shifted her relationship with money, where now she understands it's a means and a necessary means to the end which is that meaning for her. And so now when we have our financial talks, we can kind of frame it in a different way than I might if I'm talking to my good buddy, Michael.
1: Well, you've helped me frame it. Of course, I'm not, not quite as high level understanding this, except for the analogy that you've taught me about radio frequencies. And to me, the radio frequency is the why in many ways. It's like what you have to be in the same frequency as the other person or you're not going to probably get, get it through clearly. As you know, it just takes one little degree on a old school radio channel to be off. You still can hear the message, but it might not be perfectly clear if you're close, but not right. Absolutely. And to me, if I know their Enneagram or know their why, it helps me deliver a clear message or at least a clear signal versus a lot of static, a lot of things that don't get through or, or whatnot.
0: So let's just, you know, give uh, our listeners some real examples. You know, when you and I started putting this together, here's a four-ish investment, right? Um, calling them, you know, ESG investments or impact mm-hmm. investing, SRI. But it's taking into consideration something more than just the uh, typical ROI, the return on investment, just the the, t- the bottom line, the numbers Aspect Because that's going to be hard for a four who deals in the currency of emotion, of feeling, of meaning, of depth to really wrap their head or, I guess, you know, for a four to wrap their heart around if there's no emotional quality to the investment. So we talked about, you know, ESG is maybe a four-ish investment strategy.
1: No, you're you're exactly on point. I mean, getting to companies that make a difference, uh, if you're talking to a four, they're certainly willing to invest in companies that make money, but they don't have to maximize profit if there's the uh, additional benefit of the, the companies doing something good for the world. Let's say an electric vehicle manufacturer. Um, now, of course, maybe Tesla does make a lot of money, but there are companies that may generate um, clean energy, do ESG investments, um, farm ecologically and organically, that, that may not be as high of a profitability uh, investment, but that a four loves to own because of the other benefits. And just knowing
0: that is, is so helpful, I imagine. If I'm a four and I come into you and you speak to me, right, as a four, knowing that that might have some weight versus if I'm a five, the, the investigator, which really is going to look at that almost as noise. Not that fives don't have feelings. Of course they do. And not that they wouldn't want to make an impact. Of course they might. But I think they're going to look more at the numbers because it's coming from a more purely rational side. Fours are going to want to feel it.
1: I, I think you're exactly right. Because if I said, let's invest in an organic farm to a four and a five, or let's invest in same farming, but it'll be tobacco to a four and a five. Now, if I bring up tobacco farming to a four, how well? What radio frequency is that? Probably, probably. I'm just generally probably not because they they may look at that as not a healthy alternative. Possible. Well, not. Certainly not. Tobacco, uh,
0: yeah, certainly not big tobacco. But you know, maybe yeah. it's like an I'm African alternative no. organic not tobacco about, farming. I'm
1: talking about big tobacco. I'm talking about cigarettes, not like marijuana or other things that could be healthy or could be positive. I'm talking about, you know, big big pharmaceuticals or big chemicals or you know, that type of thing, right? They, so I if I bring that up as the thing, sometimes I'll get looked, you know, I can tell the radio channel is not right going frequency. On the frequency is in the wrong i'm on the wrong end of the dial you're on am it should be on fm yeah if i said hey you get eight percent return if you invest in chemicals you know that or things that might have child labor not that i want to do that but just as an extreme example the four is turned off in fact they want to turn the frequency off a five will listen to that if it's a high rate of return just as a difference in communication
0: so when i was in the cannabis industry and we were raising money on the first company i went to a couple fours i knew and they were very interested because it was circa 19 or 19 it was circa 2015 i think it was and you know like in massachusetts it was just legalized so it was, mm-hmm. it was still on the edge it was outside you're still an outsider as an investor and and it really was an alternative investment now fast mm-hmm. forward eight years it's about to probably be federalized, you know, legally federalized. And and now it's much more mainstream. It's much more of a commodity. And I just had a conversation with the four about it. And it seemed a little too mainstream for them versus eight years ago. So the same product, right, depends where we are in the life cycle of that industry.
1: Uh, you're you're on point. It's true of solar panels, of electric vehicles, of marijuana, of you know, the, the the next, you know, cutting edge. So fours are a cutting edge, they will, they're willing to, you know, be on point and to try something new. They have, you know, much, you know, they're very willing to try something untested.
0: What's really interesting is um, sometimes people think of fours and sevens as opposites. You have the individualist or the alternative investor and the enthusiast, the um, speculative investor, because one is super light, kind of surface-y, um, and one is more super dark, you know, in extremes and in depth, but where they share a similarity, they have no connection. If you see, there's no lines of connection, but what they have is in common is what you just said. They're both creative, right? They're both looking to what's outside the box. And that's where they share this kind of speculative um, investment quality that I think does bring them into alignment and makes them, I think, look similar. And I think fours are underrated or underappreciated in their vision.
1: The the longer I live, I suppose, the more I appreciate the fours are the most forward thinking in the sense of willing to test the future products and 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 viewpoints that like you said they're almost 20 years 10 or 20 years ahead of everyone else on That's trying new things it. yeah king king
0: charles is an example and, and don't <laughs> think they don't make money i mean i went through and i just found some you know famous fours that everybody knows but the net worth lady gaga um, $320 million. Leonard Cohen, an undisclosed amount to sell his um, record portfolio, but it's supposedly the highest in history. You need Paul Simon, John Lennon, Bob Dylan. You start going through this list. These are you know multi, multi millionaires. These are savvy people who've done savvy things in their investments. So just because they're fours doesn't mean they're not interested in money, doesn't mean they don't generate money. It just means that it isn't the primary yeah. driver. Um, What are some other four-ish investments? One of them I came up with um, talking to Ariella over the years, my wife, she likes, she keeps asking us, why aren't we invested in more real estate investments? And I can't think of a less creative, you know, less speculative venture, but I heard what she said in that is, I, Ariella, live in the depth of emotion. My whole world is sophisticated and nuanced and complicated. I can wrap my head around that that's a simple solid touch it feel it hold mm. it investment that struck me as like interestingly almost not for that it becomes a four-ish investment how' does that sit with you
1: that, that is really interesting I, I almost have to digest that a little bit but I'm also wondering if it's because it's so solid or earth earthly that a four likes that you know they fours appreciate nature and the earth more than others i think and i you know appreciate that about them right they they appreciate things that come from the earth i don't know if that has any correlation but um absolutely yeah so i'm not sure if if, if that might be part of it to say hey how can the earth produce an investment for me which is interesting in and That's, of itself I, I i love that that thinking i wouldn't have come at it that way for sure but yeah. it, it, it is very interesting Like King Charlie it's like hey He's thinking earth, real estate. He's thinking organic farming, right? Yeah, it's really like
0: almost sometimes the Enneagram and the energy is you have to look at the, like on a battery, you have a positive and a negative and you need to counterbalance those things. And when she said that, I shifted away from like this creative, original thinking to simple. I mean, owning property is just so primal. I, I don't think we appreciate psychologically, the value of owning a home, of owning real estate. It's this primal
1: human need for thousands of years. You've actually just brought up the best point ever in many ways from a financial planning perspective. And that is, is always the question in financial planning, you know, should I pay the mortgage off of my house? Should I buy a house? What should I do? And versus should I invest the money and all the different alternatives? And, you know, One could argue that it's better not to own a home, maybe to invest the money. You might make more money from that and arbitrage and so forth. But to your point of feeling of earth, security, other things, for many people, I'll always advocate buy a piece of property, own your home, pay off the mortgage, do certain things so you can just feel that security. It may not be the best rate of return, which speaks to the four, but it gives you the Feeling of peace, serenity, security, strength that you need. But it, it may not be the best financial decision in the sense of pure math. But for certain people, it's the best life decision. And I think that's the thing that I've become to appreciate with this Enneagram. I can't look at all nine types with pure rates of return. We talked about this, and <clears throat> it's one of my biggest takeaways. It isn't just about the rate of return of every asset class and every decision. Part of it is, hey, you want to own your log cabin in the mountains. You want to have it paid off. You want to feel it's yours. That can be more important than it's only a 4% rate of return versus something else. that might be 8%. And I think we're coming to that, you
0: know, just tapping into the energy and the vibe of a four. Because remember, whoever's listening, we have all nine energies, numbers pieces in us the question is is how do we rank order them and you know for <laughs> me i my top is an eight but my next one is a four so i really get this piece of it yeah um
1: it, it does speak to you if you think of some of the things that you probably do you love the land you love nature you love you you're energized by nature for sure right i mean we're all black
0: you know I'm like you, johnny you cash.
1: johnny cash right you are johnny you are johnny cash right here's a four yeah um but i mean it, it's such an important point that you've made here that when we're looking at wealth three hundred and sixty, it isn't just about maximizing rates of return and making the most money or accumulating the most wealth. There are other considerations, and we've lost. We used to lose sight of that. Part of it is understanding someone's why. So maybe if we've heard something from Ariella that says, "Hey, you know." Maybe we should own some real estate. That's something we should consider, even if it doesn't have the best rate of return. If that provides her, you know, the holistic life that she wants. So right?
0: fours, I would argue, are a disproportionate um, amount of psychologists, therapists, because they're so in touch with the depth of emotion and what she said. And she's extremely wise. I don't think she consciously put this together but I think she tapped into her you know superpower which is that just that empathy that feeling and she what she said was I want to feel my investment and uh, there's something about that earth and about you know it's called in spiritual practice for anybody listening it's called um what's it called earthing or grounding you just take off your shoes it's like an obvious thing oh, you, yeah. you just walk in the grass and you can you know she she does this with her clients just getting connected to the grass, psychologically, physiologically, spiritually, we're so out of whack with the n- rhythms of nature. And so, what if our investment could bring us a bit of that? And
1: yeah, yeah, I might argue and magnify that it might be more than a bit to say this is mine. You feel what you own. You can touch it, or it's more abstract to people like here's a share of stock that you own. It's going up or down at any given day. Even more abstractly is some cryptocurrency that I kind of don't completely understand, but it may go up. So I think you've really hit on something critically important on, you know, un- understanding four that it could be. Or maybe Ariel has done that with yeah, it could be in, when you, you put the word alternative, usually alternative, at least in our business, talks about things other than stocks and bonds and cash, talking about other other types of assets, which real estate could be could be a type
0: and, and alternative forms of ROI return you know thinking of return on on our investment like you've been describing it is so much more or at least both and you know the the numbers bottom line but also these psychological components what does it mean to own a piece of land i'm going to i'm going to riff here you know back to my rabbi days um it's interesting abraham from the bible says um it says in the section when his wife, his beloved wife of many, many years, decades, Sarah dies, one of the first things he does is he goes and he buys, he acquires a piece of property, and it's the first recorded um, financial acquisition we have, I don't have recorded history, but certainly in the Bible, which is ancient history, and he buys uh, his section of the cave of Machpelah, and if you go to Israel, you can visit um, in the land of Hebron. Where he purchased this land. And it was a, but it was like, it was more than just a transaction. It was cathartic. It was therapeutic. And I saw this as a rabbi. Um, when people had a piece of land to inter their loved one, and I don't care if it was, you know, regular burial or if it was cremains, but when they had this piece of property, it was like healing to be able to go there, to visit, to locate their relationship and of course their loved one isn't in dirt of course abraham wasn't just putting sarah into the ground and that's there was something more about taking care of our responsibilities so i think we're in some real primal territory when we're talking about a real estate investment or being connected at a deeper way to some of these um to these forish alternative investments
1: yeah i think i think you've hit you a know, really salient point of these other types of investments that also connect with the why, and it's not just financial investments, which is generally my main focus, but if there's other reasons for to try to connect that. As
0: as it should be your focus, but that's why we work together, um, expanding, you know, to 360. And I think people who come to you are just so fortunate to have a financial planner who's really taking a holistic approach to money anybody who's a three seven or eight kind of the the top tier earners and investors don't worry michael will still uh you know give you the traditional yeah. roi but yeah, they you know, don't they don't have to worry they, <laughs>
1: they're, they're good with 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 that but to your but, point it's
0: yeah
1: a new way of looking at it holistically um helping them too the three sevens and eights you know sometimes they're so ultra focused on on that roi or or accumulation that they miss some of their other why so that that's why when you when you develop this wealth 360 and 360 being full circle holistic it it, it's, it's nice to bring some of these other pieces into it to get the maximum experience
0: yeah let's um let's kind of wrap up a little bit here with i'm gonna share this slide and for anybody who I uh, can't see it. It's, this is part from the um, Wealth 360 program that we're creating. But um, just some highlights here. You know, the investment strategy, we're calling it, again, alternative investments and you know, sort of a moderate risk. Although it's interesting, if you look down here, fours have high risk tolerance. So in some ways, they're good investors because they, they just aren't um, attached to their money. So I would love to hear your response to this, Michael. But my sense is, watching Ariella, when the markets have been up and down over the past couple of years, really doesn't phase her because she's just not that emotionally attached to her
1: money. Uh, absolutely. And I don't know, are fours one of the least reactive personalities? I, I don't, or you tell, I, I know you, I'm not quite at the level yet of understanding, So, market,
0: uh, but- Eights, fours, and sixes are the most reactive for different reasons. But here's an interesting thing. In my experience and, you know, in doing our work for Well360, what I found is because they're so reactive, and if you think about back to the slide of those artists, so many of them have been reactive, eccentric types, but they spend their time focusing their reactivity in areas they really care about. So their art. Right. Highly volatile. But when it comes to something they don't care about like money eh, you know they, they live in reaction this yeah. is nothing they don't care about the markets
1: yeah so I, I'd say that, that that's what I find that um, from from that perspective they're very powerful personalities but when it comes to money money doesn't phase them quite as much as it does other people and as a result it, that has its tremendous strengths and in, in, in some weaknesses that they have to be careful because they will take risks because they're not going to pay attention to it as much as others. And that can sometimes hurt, hurt, hurt an artist or someone of that um, ilk. Right. They're not going to pay attention to what they're invested in. So they can, you know, they, they can be in something that's so high risk that it it may not make up for the uh, risk reward ratio. That's right. So,
0: um, you know, just a couple other kind of points on that, and, and that's I think why a four would be so um, apt to find a financial planner because it's just not something they want to care that much about, and they probably want somebody who is a, a three, like my good friend Michael, who you know just isn't he's you know you're more dispassionate, I think, when it comes to um, things than a four for sure. And I think that's a good counterbalance, right? To have that person who's got their eye on the wall. No,
1: a four loves having full service help with it because they are disinterested in this area and interested in other things. So it's a per, in a way, it's a perfect fit for what we do because we can help them take take this off their plates, and and they usually give us the leeway to use our expertise.
0: You know, because you are also our financial planner, so I can speak to Ariella's feeling about it. One of the things I think, you know, she'll say to me oftentimes, well, just what, is, what does Mick think? What does Michael think? Um, because I think she really knows that you. she doesn't trust her emotional reaction when it comes to a big expenditure, like let's say a piece of real estate. And she doesn't fully trust mine. We trust each other, but I'm in highly reactive eight. I'm pretty intense. And so we need that kind of counterbalance. And you've become this sort of, I don't know, this kind of regulation in her mind of to regulate some of the reactivity. And I just think it's important for a four to have that counterbalance.
1: Well, if you, if you, you know, watch Ariella's podcasts and all the great stuff that she puts out, I think I can kind of see that because, because she understands the Enneagram, and she knows that I'm a three, it probably gives her some comfort because she knows where I'm coming from mentally. Right. Yeah. So because she's an expert in, in these areas as well, she probably has a little sense of, we're we're a good combination, probably a four, a three, and an eight to talk about money. And that's really the beauty of what I've learned about this is, is getting that diversification in in personality traits and, and perspectives, right? We're all coming at it differently, but we all understand each other because we all understand what each other is. So you understand my language, I kinda understand yours and and you know vice versa which is the real power of it. I kind of know why, where you're coming from. You you look at me and you'll just say, hey, that's that's how a three thinks. Or dresses. It's right? such a three, right? Like, it? Um, right? Yeah, or dresses, yeah. Or dress like a three, right? And you dress like a an, an eight. Oh, this four, is a four, this is a four, four A four, eight, and I dress like what I am, a one, three. Exactly. Three, one. I'm a three, one, oh, this is a three, one dress. I mean, I, I took a risk. I did the purple tie, it wasn't gray, right? Man, you're living on the edge. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what
0: exactly you're exactly where I want my financial planner.
1: Right. But it is interesting because it it has, at least from a personal perspective, I've been doing this with you for close to a year now. It's yeah. when you introduced this to me, and it really has changed my life from the perspective of communicating with everyone differently, even at Thanksgiving. You know, I had my my son home who he was given the test. I have my mother who was a two. We have my, you know, my daughter, we have, um, Ellen, my ex-wife who was a nine, you know, now that I know what they are, it was really, you know, an easy Thanksgiving and saying, Hey, when people want every one of us, is, we're all different types. So ha- having the, having conversations about things was, was much easier uh, this year.
0: Well, that's what it's all about and really just, you know, creating true, I mean, this is the language of the four, so we'll kind of end here, but um, empathy to truly to see through the eyes of another person, right? Not sympathy, not kind of, you know, having compassion and looking down, but really putting yourself into their shoes. And I just love that you're now using the Enneagram to put yourself into some very uncomfortable sandals in the case of uh, fours for a three to be able to put on those Birkenstocks and walk around, you know, in the four-ish experience is not organic, but it's something that I know you've, you've really worked hard to bring into your, not only personal life around the Thanksgiving table, but also, you know, your professional life. I don't think there's too many financial planners really bringing this into their client journey or experience.
1: Well, I'm lucky to have you in my life who has this, you know, large or high four capability who's thinking, why don't you bring this into a financial world, right? I never would have even considered that ever. Yeah. And um, you're like, well, isn't this perfect for the financial world as a high four, you know, creatively? I'm like, really is genius and brilliant. But how do you do it? And then of course you're you're an eight, so next thing you know, you have an encyclopedia of information. So that's quite a combination, the eight four. I must say, it's it's, it's it really is, you know, that creativity harness with like a rocket ship you know, energy. So well, remember, thank, thank you. It's
0: a, it's a work of love at this point. I'm just
1: in loving our exploration. Well, you're, you're, you're going, you know, to a place far, far away, right? A galaxy far, far away. Um, let's
0: end with just a couple forish companies. that got a forish vibe to me. Uh, I'm going to, throw these yeah. out there you can these
1: are so forest I've, ne- I've never even heard of these companies so so this
0: is a good one i, I i'd never heard of this either. it's a new platform online platform so give our fours something to think about investing in masterworks had you heard of masterworks
1: I think I've heard of it, but I've never really interacted with it. It's cool. I, I know very little, but I knew I
0: know you can invest into like Picasso, into you know Van Gogh, into the big names in art, mm-hmm. and you oh, you're like a fractional owner, right? It's uh, it's like the mutual fund of uh, yeah. um, of artwork, and it's just I don't know what the ROI is, but I think to a four that might be a very appealing type of an investment, whether it's masterworks or not. I, I think that they're touching on a new way to think about you know art think about ownership to think about participating in it now maybe it's too ordinary for a four maybe they want to actually own a picasso but good luck with that so um here's here's another one headspace you've heard of headspace yes
1: i have i've used headspace yeah
0: so headspace i think is kind of a great four-ish vibe you know for anybody who doesn't know it's the uh, it's the app that you know really has kind of brought meditation into a um mainstream place using it in an ongoing, daily way, yeah. very forish in depth. I know you've never shopped at Free People, have you?
1: I I can't say I've even heard of Free People.
0: So if you think of like a spectrum, you know, of, of clothing, I think on one end is probably Brooks Brothers, where Michael does his shopping, and then on the other end of that, you know, shopping plaza is Free People. My wife likes Free People, so I put it on there. Here's one that just came to me last minute: Lonely Planet. You Ooh. know that travel guide? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can just see somebody walking around like P- Parisian, you know, museums with their Lonely yeah. Planet. I think it was sold or rebranded, but um, you know, serious player from a financial perspective, in almost every creative traveler's hand who wants to see the world in a special, unique way, which is a very forish vibe. For look, trust me, it was. It's not easy to really find fourish companies, but I think I did pretty good. What do you think?
1: No, they they, they are great. Especially, I like the headspace analogy. Say. Twenty years ago, if you had said meditation to financial people, they look at you like, you know, what are you talking about? Go back to now. The financial economy. people are doing meditation before they trade stocks, right? Exactly. So, so. It, it is amazing how this stuff does, you know, does come around. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time
0: to be pioneering these industries, bringing the four-ish vibe into the you know, three-ish financial planning, bringing it all together. That's Wealth 360. And I guess we'll just uh, continue on. By the way, if you're listening, I would love to hear your um, four-ish companies or four-ish investment strategies. Michael and I are evolving this. It doesn't exist. So we welcome your input, If you're especially if you're a four, but not only if you're a four, because we want to know you know what it's like from your perspective, to be involved in finance and money and investing and be a four, and we'll include it into our evolution of this program. Any final words, my friend?
1: No. Again, you know, thank you for introducing you know your expertise. You you're certainly the grand master of our system here, and uh, we have to get your you you know this out to the
0: world. Well, we are. And this podcast, I'm sure, will go viral. If anybody's listening, share it with your friends. Leave us positive reviews. Give us some feedback. We are starting to hit our stride here. We're going to get moving into the new year with a lot more Defiant Spirit and Wealth 360. If you want to contact Michael, go to finer.com and you know learn about all the amazing opportunities he has to work together. And if you want to learn more about me, jump over to DefiantSpirit.org. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next time, get out there and defy your number, live your spirit, and, yeah, make some money and have some fun on the way. Thanks, Michael. Good to see you. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to center for spirituality, meaning, and healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your fine spirit.